Well, praise the Lord. Thank you for being here on this rainy day. But, uh, man, it's, it feels good in here. Praise the Lord. Turn, if you would, Psalm 78 is where we'll be looking at this morning. Psalm 78. And uh, beginning in verse 1, and we won't read it again. I just want to draw your attention to one particular verse. I want to say thank you, ladies. I understand the breakfast was out of this world. And, uh, you know, the men always eat better than the women do. <laughs> uh, go ahead and give those ladies a good big hand clap, all right? Thank you. Men always eat better on Father's Day than the women do on Mother's Day. Uh, because those ladies know how to cook. Well, the men do too. I tell you, the ladies don't do slouchy around here on Father's Day. It's good on Mother's Day. Anyway, Psalm 78. Let me get back on my train of thought. If you were here this morning for the men, uh, this song, The Love of God, probably rung a bell with you after you listened to the teaching this morning. Andy Stanley said this morning, if you men weren't asleep in there, that if we could just do this second commandment, that we love the Lord with all of our heart, we do that first one, this one thing, love God, we wouldn't need the other ten. We wouldn't need it at all. We could just do that. We love as Jesus loved us. Boy, that's tough. That's just some tough. Psalm 78, I want to call your attention to just one sentence. We won't be here long. Verse 4, we will not hide them from their children. We will not hide them from their children. This is a psalm of reflection here. And the servant of God is telling the people of God, he's writing to God's people. He's saying, listen up. Listen to my words. Hear me now. Listen to the dark sayings of old, he says here. Listen to what we have heard. Listen to what we have known. Listen to what our fathers have told us. And then he said this, we will not hide them from our children. Whatever God's done, whatever we've learned about the Lord, whatever works we have experienced with God, whatever we know about an awesome God, we're not going to hide it from our children. That's what the psalmist is saying. What he's saying is we've got to make sure that if, this is, if we know God, we make sure our children know God in this day. And that's why we do things, uh, that's why we have a daycare. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have children's choirs and blasts. And that's why we run buses and children's church. That's why we spent thousands of dollars on vacation Bible school this week with 18 precious souls saved. And I had to cram a shoe down an old lady's throat Friday. Uh, I tell you, when she said, well, they probably didn't know what they were doing. And I said, I've been, I mean, I got in the flesh. I said, they probably knew more about it than what you know about it. I won't tell you right now, don't, don't you tell these children they can't come to Jesus now. Oh, my soul have mercy. That's why we're sending 55 plus young people to children's camp. Because we want them to see and to know that God is God. It's not right for one generation to know God and the next generation not get to know God. In this world where we're passing on reading and writing and arithmetic and Man, our kids are smart. Listen, they know iPads. They know iPhones. They know remote controls. They can hook up your DVD players. You, those of you who got clocks that are set for the wrong hour, 
If you call some of these kids uh, after daylight savings time, they'll straighten that thing out in 15 seconds. They know all of that stuff. They've got computers. They know all of that stuff. Let's not raise them to be skilled in technology and then clueless about God. We will not hide them. What what are we not going to (laughs) hide? What we've seen. Anybody here seen God do anything? Anybody here heard God do anything? Anybody here know that God has done something? He said, we're not going to hide. Now, here's why. Verse 4, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. And then down in verse 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. How can the children put their hope in a God that they don't know? How will they know a God if we hide him from them? I want to challenge every one of you this morning. I know this is Father's Day and I want to aim at you. Because really, uh, the truth is, when you go through the Word of God, it's not your wife's job to teach your children about God. It's your job, Daddy. It's not this church's job. It's not the school's job. It's the Father's job. It is our responsibility and uh, that when our days have come to an end on this earth, may it never be said about us that we hid God from our children. We want to make sure we don't hide God from our children. This coming Saturday night, 5 o'clock, we're going to have a wild game dinner. I hope some of you guys know how to cook wild game. It can be anything. Chicken can be wild. You know, I don't care. Chicken, fish possum, coon, anything in the world. Just make sure it's done now. Ain't nobody wanting to get some poison up here. Uh, but, but we're going to have a wild game supper and then we're going to watch a movie with Dr. Tony Evans. Many of you, some of you have seen that movie already, Kingdom Men Rising. And I want to just lay out my dream and my vision for you is that we end up before this thing's over with, when we go into the fall, we'll have small groups of men meeting every week men with five, six, seven, eight at the most in it, accounting each other, holding each other accountable, praying for one another, discipling one another. The men of this church would do that. Now, I've already been told, we, preacher, you throw in one more thing at us. Well, let me just tell you, maybe you need to get rid of some of the junk you're doing. If you don't have time to spend an hour with other men of God to sharpen your, your skill and to, to hold you accountable and to the pray to the living God, you're just too busy. I don't care if you meet at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, 7 o'clock in the morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning. When, I don't care when it is. I just want to see men all over East Texas discipling each other and saying we're going to grow up ourselves so we don't hide anything from our children. I was sitting on the porch. God gave me three words. It, it's all on how you say it. That's all it is. If you're here... This morning, there's some men who are serving God. There's some of you, you got your family in the Word of God. There's some of you who've raised children, and good grief, we could sit here. There's some of you, and for you, I would say, come on, man, let's keep going. 
Come on, man. Let's don't let up. Keep telling them about Jesus. Come on, man. But for the vast majority in this room this morning that you're not in the Word of God, you may be playing video games half the night. You may be watching television half the night, but you're not in the Word of God. I would tell you those same three words, except I would say, come on, man. Come on, man. Do you mean to tell me your children are not important than those things? Do you mean to tell me the God who left heaven and came to this earth to die on Calvary is not more important than those things to you? Come on, man. How are we going to do it? Three things. And I start them all with the same letter, letter so you men could understand them. <laughs> come, on. How, come on, man. How are we, we going to do it? Let me tell you how we're going to do it. Number one, they need to be educated. Someone has said the best education is the education in the best things. Could I just tell you that this book right here is the best thing there is in this world? If this is the best thing, we ought to be educating our children in this book right here. It ought to be our, our goal. The, listen, the world's going to teach them how to make a living. But this book will teach them how to live. Hmm. We can't hide this word from our children. It's our responsibility as parents, as churches, as teachers, as leaders, as communities to educate our children, to educate them in what's right, to educate them in what's proper, to educate them in what's moral, to educate them in what's holy. We can't expect the world to teach them. They don't even know what they're doing. We're the one who've been given the light of the Holy Spirit. And we're the ones who are to educate our children. Shame on us if we grew up knowing manners and not teach them to our children. Don't get in the way of some of these kids now when the buffet's being served. They'll run over you. You ought to teach your children, hey, sit, sit, sit down, just stay calm. And, and you don't have to get everything on the buffet table on your plate first time around. Those are just manners. You grew up knowing that. If, if, if your mama, some of you, if your mama and daddy saw you cut off some old person in line and almost make them fall, you wouldn't walk for a week. It ought to be a shame that we know manners and we don't teach them to our children. It ought to be a shame that we grow up knowing morals and not teach them to our children. We lost a great church in the Southern Baptist Convention this week, University Baptist Church, they withdrew before they threw them out because they cannot get by without ordaining and sanctioning same-sex marriage. Now, this isn't a Baptist church. This is Baptist. We're Baptist. That's exactly what I said the same thing, frozen. Let it go, let it go. I said the same thing. Shame on us for growing up knowing the Word of God, and we don't teach our children the Word of God. We need to educate them. There's got to be education. But not only education, 
there ought to be experience. It's an E. Education, experience. You can't just teach them about God. They need experience. They need revelation. They need to be discovered. I watched these kids this week in vacation Bible school, and they were hands-on building these rockets and all, and the, the meaner things got, the happier they were. I mean, the bigger the bottle rocket was, and the, the bigger the bang was. I left here Sunday night saying there was only one thing wrong with that whole show, was that last bomb ought to have been about twice as big as what it was. I mean, that one shook my seat, but I thought, boy, if that thing would have been that big, you know. Our kids need to experience. They need to be exposed. We, we need to put them in some situations where they can see God works, and they know how God works. We let them know that it's God who put the roof over our head. It's God that put the clothes on our back. It's God that put the shoes on our feet. It's God that blesses our family. We ought to let them know that. It's not because Daddy's smart. It's because God is good. Don't hide God from your children. Get them to church. Get them around godly examples. Get your young men around godly men. When we have a men's breakfast in the morning, I know 8 o'clock is early on Saturday morning. Mm. Get your kids up here. Let them see men of God. Get your young ladies around godly women. How can they produce something they've never seen before? Our kids deserve to know God. One of the, well, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the truth. It's so disappointing, not only to your pastor, but to your whole staff. We sit and we sweat and we pray and we think about what, what, what can encourage this church? What can help this church? What can build this church? We have things like, I, I, just, I mean, I know this is one of my pet peeves, but I thought in December when we had the lady that portrayed Corey Ten Boone, that was one of the most educational and experiencing things I've ever been in in my life. And us old people enjoyed it. But you need to get your kids to stuff like that. Awesome August is coming up next month. Well, let's see, it's month after next. But June's almost gone. Don't you blink. And we're going to have Dr. Lloyd Scott, Dr. Robert Jeffers, Dr. Joe Arthur. And you'll say, well, preacher, my kids just don't like to sit there that long. Then cut you a good cedar limb switch and let him sit there that long. Because God comes down in those services. Our kids need to see that. They need to see what God can do, what God is doing. Why would we hide ourselves, our children, from God, from what he's doing? you got to bring them. I know it's late, but, but hey, they're not going to bed anyway. Y'all all lying. There's some of you get your kids in bed. Most of you, though, depending on what it is. We all justify what we want to. We all do that. Awesome August only comes once a year. Revival, we're going to have a revival in September. And, and you know what? We're going to hear parents say, well, our kids just can't participate now. They've got to be in bed. But they can play Little League all night long. Uh, they, they can watch Hollywood shows. They can have... Uh, I, 
They need to experience it. Don't, don't, don't hide God from your children. Education, experience. Let me give you this third one and we're through. Almost. <laughs> e, education. E, experience. E, evangelism. Evangelism. We don't need to just tell them that some supreme being made the moon and the stars. We don't need to tell them that some higher power put the sun and, and moon in place. We need to tell them that a holy God sent his son to die on the cross. And that every one of us are sinners and we're separated from God. But that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what we ought to tell them. I want an educated child. I really do. I want my children to be smart. We were sitting there yesterday at Sam's uh, restaurant in Fairfield, Texas. And, and with Charlie, Charlie was with us. And uh, with Charlie, you kind of do, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, control before it gets out of control. You walk in a room and you look at what he might tear up before he actually tears it up. <laughs> And, you know, you move things on the table before he actually tears them all to pieces. And there was a bottle there of this hot sauce, uh, the hot, hot sauce. But it had the plastic around the top. Never been opened. Had the plastic around the top and everything. I thought, well, it's all right. You know, I done hid the sweet and low from it because he just, you know, I always have to leave a big tip because Charlie will use 30 bags of sweet and low. So I'm already hidden all that from him. I've got everything there. And I'm thinking, well, that's not going to be any problem. The hot sauce is all locked up. That three-year-old tore that plastic off of there, popped that cap, and was pouring it in his ketchup. <laughs> now, you say, well, he shouldn't be eating that. It's no problem. No problem. That's the kid that uses one chip every 15 minutes at a Mexican restaurant. He's just eating the hot sauce with it. That's all he's doing the whole time. He, one chip is all he needs. And I'm thinking, this kid's smart. He doesn't got that plastic. I can't hardly get that plastic off of that thing myself. He doesn't got that plastic off and unwrapped it and unscrewed the bottle and was dumping that hot sauce in there. I want a smart child. I want an educated child. But, oh, listen to me. More than any of that, I want a saved child. I want to know that he knows Jesus as his Savior. I want him to know that there's more in life. Shame on us if we've been taught everything and then we don't teach the things of God. I mean, our kids know cucumbers and they know tomatoes from videos. They know frozen, let it go, let it go. They know all of those things. And I'm not against any of those things. That's fine. That's wonderful. I'm just saying, don't let, don't let us teach everything about every wild thing in the world and then not teach our children about Jesus. Frozen not going to get you into heaven. It's not going to get you eternal life. Jesus will. <clears throat> now, I get accused of this at my own table. I say things I shouldn't say. Kids don't need to hear that. My own family tells me that. I really think that's hogwash. I, 
I'm not going to get real gross up here, but I'll just tell you, according to the scripture, they told the dark things here. Kids need to know that Jesus died on a cross. You say, preacher, don't get real graphic now. They, they nailed nails in his hands. They mocked him. They spat upon him. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat him until he was unrecognizable. They need to know that. But they also know that on that third day, he came up and he's alive. And we serve a risen Savior. He's not dead. The psalmist said, and he's referring to Israel, but it's same correlation. He said, Israel's been blessed like no other. Well, we could say that same thing about America today. We've been blessed like no other. Well, bless God, we could say that same thing about Woodland Hills today. We've been blessed like there's no other. We have been blessed. It's possible for one generation to know God and the next generation not know God. Happened in Judges. Joshua's dead. They're saying, uh, who's going to go up and fight? God said, Judah's going to. That's who. But undoubtedly, Judah didn't think he could do it, or he was good friends with Simeon, or he didn't trust God or something. But Judah learns a lesson in Joshua 1 that it's not the military problem they have that's going to kill them. It's the spiritual problem. We need to learn that in America. Now listen, let me tell you what my philosophy is. And you can like it or not, you know. I'm the one up here if you want to, you know. <laughs> I thank God for big bombs. I think America ought to have the biggest bombs and the worst bombs that there are in the world. Because I think, Truman, we carry a big stick. I think we need that. But you know, honestly, the truth is, how many bombs do you really need? I mean, when you got enough to wipe out the world's population about 25, 30 times, I, ooh, I could get close to home here now. How many guns do you think a man really needs? Come on, one more. One more. That's right. One more. <laughs> and all, all of those bombs and all are good. But, but listen to me, we're, we're living in a world where people are crazy. You know, it used to be that our big bombs and our artillery could hold people in check because they'd say, well, if we did this, man, they love to do this and they could wipe us out. But these idiots that have these bombs now, they don't care. They just soon drop a bomb in Longview, Texas. You say, well, if you do that, we're going to wipe you out. They don't care. Somebody told them their God said they'd get increased if they wiped out more infidels. They don't care. Our problem's not in the military. Our problem's in the spiritual realm. That's where the problem is. In, uh, I, I think about us leaving this world. I think about dying more and more. You know, the closer you get to it, the more you just kind of think about it. And I thought, Lord, 
What kind of world are we going to have if we leave kids that know everything except the one who is everything? Daddies, mamas, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, educators, don't let up. Come on. Let's move forward. Let's stand in the gap. There are two sad, sad scriptures in the, in the Bible that just, I mean, there are more than two, but just two that just, man, just bang. One of them is when Samson gets up, Delilah wakes him up again, and he goes out like he's always gone before and destroyed the Philistines. But the Bible said this time he knew not that the Lord had left him. How sad that is that you would get up in the morning, get on your way, and the Lord left you, and you knew it not. The other one goes along with what I want to just close with this morning. It's found in Ezekiel chapter 22. Those of you who are biblical people, you, you understand this story. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, it's in Ezekiel 22. You can reference it when you get home or look now. The, the word of the Lord came, saying, Son of man, say unto her, speaking to Israel, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Like a roaring lion ravening the prey, they've devoured souls, they've taken the treasure and precious things. They've made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law. They've profaned my holy things. They've put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they shown difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I'm profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey, to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. The people of the land have used oppression and exercise robbery, and have vexed the poor and needy, yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. It's a mess. God says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Wow. You know, if kids can't come to church and see a godly example, where are they going to see one at? I'm thankful this morning that I pastor some good men. I'm thankful. I, you don't know how blessed. I know there's some hypocrites in here. I have people tell me all the time about the hypocrites. Had one, well, it was Memorial Day weekend. He said, Preacher, I just can't go back. There's so many hypocrites. I thought, he ain't coming back anyway. I just will tell him the truth. <laughs> this was on the Sunday afternoon of our picnic. <laughs> I 
I said, there's hypocrites in that bar you was at last night, but that didn't stop you from singing and dancing and drinking. Hey, there's hypocrites everywhere. You don't believe you get on I-20. They're in every lane. They're in every lane and even broke down on the side of the road over there. That's not no risk. That's not going to hold water. You get on Facebook, you go to Walmart, you, the hypocrites are everywhere. I'll be honest with you. If you're here this morning and you're admitting you're a hypocrite, you're in a good place. You can hear the word of God. This might change your life. Praise God. You didn't quit church because of hypocrites. You quit church because you got out of the will of God and you're looking for a reason to drop out. I thank God for the men in this church. I, with my own eyes, have seen little children get on a bus that didn't know who their daddy was, didn't have a daddy, but they came up here and saw a man and looked into his eyes, and these men showed him the Heavenly Father. I thank God for a church like that. I thank God for men like that. But what if God walked in this place and he said, I'm scanning around. I'm looking around. I, I, I want to find a man. We got some marriages that are just really just dissolving and tearing up. I'm looking for a man that will stand in the gap for marriages. And I found none. I'm looking for men who will stand in the gap for little children, for abused women. For the unborn babies. Oh, I pray to God he'd not be able to come in here and say, I found none. Somebody who will stand in the gap. You say, preacher, how are we going to be able to solve that? There's something you can do about it to make sure that in June 2019, God doesn't do that. And that is you commit your life to be the man of God he wants you to be. You commit your life on this Father's Day to be the man of God that will stand in the gap. That won't back up. That won't cave in. Uh, I'm getting too old for this, guys. When you come tell me that you're just not in love anymore. I, I just want to slap you. I really do. I want to say just go fall in love again then. You fell in love the first time. You promised. You made promises. Stand up. Be the one. It's not all about you. How about what God wants? We... we I'm going to get in trouble, but I'm going to just tell you, we can do statistic after statistic after statistic and know that when men and women finally decide, I, I'm not getting my needs met, I'm not going to stay in this any longer, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, it's those precious children that get the beating out of it. Suck it up. Be a man. You don't have to get everything you want. I was getting ready to preach this. I even let some people uh, coming back from Dallas, let them cut in front of me. (laughs) 
You know how you can do that? When you're walking with God. You get out of not walking with God, though, and you ain't going to let him cut in front of you. We need some men who will say, I'm going to walk with God. And maybe this morning God's saying, you're the one. You're the one. If not you, why not? Why not? Why can't you be the man God wants you to be? Bow your head with me, please. If you're here this morning, you say, Brother Charles, I know one thing. I am positive. I am certain. I am sure that if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I know that I'm saved. Would you just slip up your hand all over? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. If you'd be willing to tell me, people are not looking. Eyes are closed. Heads are bowed. If you'd be willing to say, Brother Charles, I don't really know if I'm saved or not, but I do know this. I don't want to go to hell, and I want you to pray for me. I don't know if I'm saved or not, but I know I don't want to go to hell. Would you slip up your hand and let me just pray for you? I'm not going to come to you. Anybody in here? Okay. Father, you know every one of us in this room. Mm. Talk is so easy. I'm talking about myself. Oh, God, help me live out what I'm talking. God, help my grandchildren be able to look up. Say, there's one thing about their papa. They love Jesus. No doubt. No doubt. God, I pray you'll help me to have the courage and the boldness to stand in the gap. I pray, Lord, the manners that my mom and daddy taught me. God, I pray I've taught them to our boys. And I'm praying my boys will teach them to their children. And then in the generation to come, if you don't come before then, their children will teach them to their children. There's some things that are right, and there's some things that are wrong. There's some things that are moral. There are some things that are immoral. Oh, God, put our eyes upon you. Would you have your way in this invitation this morning? Whatever you want to do. If you don't want to do nothing, Lord, we'll go home and we'll thank you. But, oh, God, if you're moving in men's lives and ladies' lives, all of our lives, Lord, would you let them be honest today and say publicly, I want to be the man of God that he wants me to be. Would you stand with us? Brother Aaron leads us. Calvary covers it all. Would you come? Don't wait on anybody else. Come on, step out. Come, come grab one of us right now. Altars are open.